rolling, 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 rolling. This podcast was just intended for y'all to hear a live scouting trip in Canada. I absolutely freaking love Saskatchewan. This place is awesome. The Fell Life with Chad Belding and Quick Load Waterfowl's Barkley Fisher has the crew set, and they're in hot pursuit of incoming ducks. Can we kill those, you think? With you calling? Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Chad and Barkley are scouting the Canadian countryside and putting in the miles to make the most of their waterfowl crusade. I mean, your fuel bill just in scouting is rocket high because the fuel here is six bucks a gallon right now. The Fowl Life with Chad Belding is presented by Benelli, Federal Premium Black Cloud, Yukonuba, and Traeger Grills. Now, let's go roadside with Chad Belding and Barkley Fisher. Which way am I going? Let's go left. We're going to head east. We're going to head east and... Yeah. Uh, I got a little 100 acre barley field with some rock piles and stuff in it. Kind of a fun little field. Geese. Canada geese, white geese. How important is scouting up here for the success of your operation? Oh, I'd say it's key. I got myself and three other sort of key team members that pound the roads, look for the birds. They got all, we got all the relationships with the landowners and farmers. And watch the birds, make sure that, you know, they're, we think that they're birds we can hunt successfully. Scouting is just, you don't have anything if you don't have good scouting. Well, how many days will you let birds sit on a field or get in there comfortable before you'll send a, a group in there to hunt them? Oh, I always liked two or three days, you know, so four good feeds. It's kind of what we like minimum but you don't always get that when you're in the grind of the season you might they might sit for two feeds and then you got to take them you want to take them once they're settled and comfortable basically you know they fed they've touched dirt two or three times at least what do you think is the most miles you've ever put on your truck in one scout oh gosh years ago i used to do it all by myself and i do uh i would come down south of the river and do a good 50 mile radius loop. And in about two and a half hours, three hours, I'd make it back to the lodge. Really? Yeah. So 50 miles one way? Yep. So you're well over 100 miles on each of those scouts? That would be a morning scout, because then in the afternoon, you're more focused, you're more pinpointed on the birds that you're gonna be shooting the next day. But a morning scout, Quite often, I'd make a big loop. And, you know, it would take me from, you know, I wouldn't be back till 10 in the morning kind of thing. Really? It's a lot of windshield time. A lot of people probably think, ah, it's Canada, you don't need to scout. There's birds everywhere. It's not true. Oh, no, you, you, you've still got to watch the birds. you got to watch where they're coming from. You know, if they're sitting too close to the field, if they're roosting too close to the field, you might not even be able to hunt that field. You know, you gotta watch your wind. Some fields aren't gonna work proper if you don't get the right wind. So he's, yeah, you're, our scouts sit, they study, they watch, and then they watch the birds leave at the end of the night. They watch where they go at the end of the night. You know, if they're going to a roost that's further away, that's always better. This time of year, it gets really tricky trying to pattern the ducks because they'll change their flight plan, plan, you know. First thing in the morning, they get up and decide they want to go to a different field, they go to a different field. Late season ducks are, you know, inconsistent. Tell me with the crops and everything that happens up here with the feeding pattern. Like today I was asking, you know, we went and hunted a bean field. 
and the first few groups were telling me maybe they don't want the beans because the temperature dipped the wind chill was colder and the forecast the barometric pressure is dropping in the forecast is really getting cold starting tomorrow morning which is going to be like negative one celsius so do you think that that would tell those birds i'm going to go to corn today so i can get more carbohydrates uh, there's been some thoughts on them changing their feeding habits when it gets cold you know i always thought you know when it got cold or you get a wet day they go to the grain so they'll go to wheat or barley i don't know if there's any science behind it or not to be honest with you and i don't think they didn't want to come into those beans today i think the birds that we're seeing right now those real big flocks of lessers um, they're getting ready to move out of here they all went and settled and fed wherever they wanted this morning so i i think their appetite changes later in the year for sure in the colder weather we, we we don't ever hunt pea fields you know we'll be hunting barley fields and wheat fields and then early season we hunt peas hard um, it's warmer and they just part of it is they get on those pea fields early because those fields those are the fields that are harvested early that in the green feed in the green feed yeah what is the this migration in 2023 comparative to is it is it stronger than the last few years? Are you feeling good that it's, you know, that your friends and family down in the States are gonna have a good season based on what you saw in September of October up here in Canada? Oh, I think, yeah, we've got great numbers of birds. I think all of the last three years, we had great numbers of birds. Um, they, you know, they didn't get hunted very hard because of COVID, you know, a lot of other critters didn't operate. Um, there wasn't a lot of hunting pressure for a couple of years. Uh, not like there had been and I, I think you see the snow geese I think your outfitters and your hunters in the states are gonna have a great winter hunting snow geese because we smashed snow geese this year unbelievable and without even an e-collar you know just set up 20 or 30 snow geese with our regular spread and there's multiple mornings we'd get 60 or 70 on top of our cannons really yeah birds just worked really well so I, I think the snow geese, you know, that you're going to have a good hunt this winter. The duck population is unbelievable. And I know there's been some stats come out to say that maybe the duck population is down overall. But the birds that are leaving our flyway and heading south, there's a great numbers of ducks coming south. A lot of young ones? A lot of new hatch birds, for sure. Which means we, I know we had a great local hatch because I've seen those ducks in September and now the, the northern uh, migrating birds are here there's big numbers of ducks so what's the thing that you hear from your clients again and again Barkley about this area this landscape your overall business approaches and services that you provide what what have you been hearing most consistently because you have a lot of return you know rebooks return customers what do you hear a lot like what gets you excited about the future of quick load waterfowl well i like from my perspective and, and when i listen and i ask the, the hunters and the customers you know how, how did it go how is everything they always love the lodge they all love marion they love her cooking those are things i can control and if you want to be successful in people coming back and being happy you need to provide good food you need to have nice lodging kind of a warm fun place to hang out and that's we've got that 
and and everybody likes hanging out, you know, around the lodge, in the sitting room, and all that stuff. But the other thing that I hear lots of is, "Geez, your staff works hard." Like my um, people in the field are basically getting the, you know, getting the shoot set up in the morning, and then once all that's done, they're out scouting, they're out spotting, and they're pounding the roads and. and they're looking for birds, they're on their phones, they're talking to people, and then they gotta go back and help pick up, make their way back to the lodge, clean birds, have a meal, maybe get a break if you're lucky, take a break before you go back out in the afternoon and do the whole same thing over again. So I, I think my customers are seeing that the, the staff work really, really hard, that there's a lot of effort going into finding shoots, effort into going, you know, getting blinds dressed, set up properly, lots of cover on the blinds. We're constantly cutting willows and brush to keep everything camouflaged and going the extra mile. So those are the key things. And and then we this year we were just blessed with great migration of birds. You know, we, we never had hardly ever a lull this season. We started September 1st and here we are late October. We're going to finish up with, with you on Saturday and then we have another group coming in that'll take us into October 27th and that'll be our wrap-up to our season. So, you know, almost a 60-day run non-stop. So, Will there be a big celebration with the team? We are having a big celebration on October 27th. It's, you know, basically we call it a harvest party. Farmers um, and landowners and... Farmers, landowners, all the staff will be there. A great great chance to mingle and say thank you um, and that'll be at the lodge i assume we'll have all that at the lodge yeah. be nice. you guys cook out and marion provides a prepares a big meal or what yeah marion and Jaden have a plan already they're just waiting on numbers once i get get replies from all the you know the people whose land we hunted on this year so we're expecting probably you know i think we did a tally we touched about 45 landowners this year wow so um, it's a lot. It is a lot when you start adding it up, and um, people don't realize that there's so much land, and there's so many farmers, there's so many landowners, and if you want to chase birds, you know, and good birds, quite often you don't go back to the same field. You know, we we were lucky this year. We did hunt the same fields, generally not more than two or three times in 60 days. Right. But you're pretty much chasing birds the new fields most of the time how is it determined on how many times a group gets to hunt per day obviously if they go out and they shoot their canadas or get close to their canada limit which it's eight dark geese canada specs graders lesser canadas whatever and then it's eight ducks man per man per day and then it's 50 snows per man per day are is every group guaranteed two hunts a day no no there's no guarantee on the afternoon hunt. they're guaranteed a morning hunt so in, in Saskatchewan, it's a little different than Alberta. Alberta is 50 snows a day. Saskatchewan's 20. Um, oh, so Saskatchewan is 20? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you're, yeah, we're the same though. We're eight dark geese, eight ducks. Early September, we were primarily hunting honkers, big Canada geese and ducks. And we were really fortunate to shoot our limit of ducks and geese in the morning, um, so then you didn't hunt in the afternoon. So then you have a, you have a daily limit, 
and then you have a possession limit so your possession is three times your daily limit so you you can only have in your possession a total of 24 Canada geese and 24 ducks right so in your three days of hunting that's basically all you're allowed to maintain and then the hunters either take them home with them you know or we give them away um, you know to people that would like them so. can you take ducks and geese home to America from Saskatchewan yeah you just have to leave a, you have to leave a wing on and the breastbone in place and are you allowed to in Alberta oh I'm sure you can I don't think you are because there was some federal when the avian flu was an issue at one time there whatever that was a couple of years ago um, you know the it was more the U.S. government didn't want you guys bringing birds into the U.S. But um, there was a big movement against that, and they realized that, well, the birds are just going to fly down there, so why can't a frozen carcass with a wing on it come down there, right? Right. I was told the other day in Alberta that we're not allowed to take any birds home, not even processed. You can't even take goose jerky home. Is there some, I don't know if I'm, I, you know, I haven't been watching the news or anything up here. Is that a federal thing, like a U.S. federal thing? I don't know. I don't know. I got to look into it more, but now I'm being told two different things. I want to check that out because I'd, I'd love to take meat home from here. I mean, that's a lot of good meat. You put it on ice and get it back. Yeah, or you, you, can, you get it frozen and leave a wing on it. That's traditionally the way we've always transported it, so unless... Unless I miss something, like I said, I haven't watched TV in 60 days. I haven't heard you listen to the radio. So. You get that busy during the duck season? Yeah, there's no time for anything else, really. When it comes to an end on the 27th and you have your harvest party, are you sad? Are you glad to see it go? Um, can you not wait until the next season? Are you happy for the break? Like, what are the feelings that goes through a guy's head that, because there's a lot of preseason prep with, you know, networking and booking clients and making sure all your gear is tidied up and your employees and the shop and any, you know, additional work you do on the, the lodge. Um, what, how does it sit? Do you like get about three weeks off, four weeks off, and then you start getting the itch automatically again? Actually, to be honest with you, it's probably about two days and you want to come back. Really? Yeah. All you need is two days away, uh, two, three days away, relax, kick back, and I miss it. But uh, it'll, um, I'll be ready for this season to be over. This has been a great season, and we've, we've got, like, you know, really good feedback for 2024. Um, we've got customers that already rebooked for 2024. So when I start making my calls in December, early January, you know, I'm expecting that our bookings are going to be really solid. Um, so that'll be a busy time. We'll, we're going to plan a couple of, probably a couple of shows down in the States um, in February. Any ideas yeah. which ones you're going to do? Well, right now we're looking at kind of the Seattle Sportsman Show. Um, I always like NWTF in Nashville. That's a good time. It's a hard show to get into. Yeah, it's big and... And I think there's another good show in Portland. They're just a little more convenient for us. You know, we got a one-hour flight from Edmonton to Seattle and, you know, easy to get to and, and stuff. So. Is that all it is, is an hour? Yeah, roughly. There's a time change in there. Yeah. So maybe an hour and 45 is a time change. So this field that we're going to scout right now, what, what kind of field is it? It's a little 100-acre barley field, so make sure I tell you to turn right at the dead end. <laughs> you want me to make sure that you tell me 
you're used to driving, I guess. You just kind of know where you're going. Yeah. I kind of like that you're driving. I'm like chauffeuring you around Saskatchewan, dude. Yeah. I could be an Uber. Do they have Uber up here? Yeah, we got Uber. Not out here, in the cities. What's one of your greatest memories of your career? Let's say, let's go on the timeline. Let's say before off the grid or, or quick load. Let's, when you were with Buck Paradise and Grant, what's, some, what's one of your greatest memories or a couple of them? Well, we had some great seasons from about 2002 to 2007. We had a five year run there where we shot a lot of birds. And at that time I got to sit in the field and those are memorable, uh, memorable days. Sitting in the field is just way more fun than scouting. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, you get to feel the excitement that everybody's experiencing and uh, you're there with them and uh, it's just a lot more fun so you know those are good memories back then I was excited about guiding and it was fun and uh, it was new and we were doing really good so you know we're talking 20 years ago yeah you know, and then that's when we started meeting all you fellows from the states you know your crew coming up and you guys brought in tech basically brought us technology to make our hunting more successful and other than we invented will blinds which is, are now called an a-frame or a panel blind but canadians invented those canadians started using those way before they were ever yeah famous yeah when i was hunting here in the early days in 2002 2003 with freddie and you and grant it was a lot of ground blinds we were digging in and, and that might have been because of the influence of avery and freddie and the finisher blind and the power hunter and the migrator and all those would you guys have been hunting out of ground blinds as much if it wasn't for us bringing them up here oh probably not at all because we always had stand-up blinds that we we made when kind of as a kid growing up and hunting geese and ducks we we just made stand-up blinds we, we dressed them with willows and covered them up just like we do now just with a commercial blind it's not homemade the lay down blinds or the ground blinds you're talking about they had their place and they were phenomenal and, and you know you're putting birds basically right on top of you you know it's a very different style of hunting than stand-up blinds so but the birds got wise to them and um, you know we haven't used them in over three years I wonder if you could go back to them after you give them a break from them up here I think you should try that tomorrow dig in will you give me permission to dig in yeah because I'll dig yeah you know you get me a couple round point shovels I got a digging um, bar and a pick yeah I got a couple of um, uh, oh, what's the other blind the, the clamshell one like the, there was the finisher and then that was the power hunter the power I got some power hunter jeans boot, like. with the boot bag like the sleeping bag style fit. yeah no back support what about calling what about mastering duck calling goose calling and was that brought up here by Americans or were you guys trying to master that as, as young guides and duck and goose hunters or when Freddie got here and you guys are like, wow, like listen to this guy on this short read goose call and how, how did that all work out? Well, we, no, we're not callers at all. And it was never anything we ever really thought about. We, we buy an off the shelf goose call or your dad gave you an old goose call that he had. We're just really fortunate when we hunt up here that our birds don't have a lot of pressure and you really don't even need to call with them half the time, to be honest with you. 
you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of flagging. Like, we used to set up, and, you know, nobody was a very good caller, but the birds would come in. But that's not hunting every day. That's not guiding every day. You don't get away with that. That's sitting on the field all week and then hunting it Saturday morning, right? So fun hunting, you know, hunting for pleasure with your family, that sort of thing. But really, um, definitely, the goose calling and the duck calling, the skill level, you know, down in the States is, is phenomenal. But a lot of young Canadian kids are working to be a lot better at it. You know, um, there's different pockets of them. We've got little goose calling circuits, duck calling circuits happening in Canada. And, you know, we're, we were way behind the, the science on it than the, than the U.S. was for sure. Basically because we didn't have the pressure that I think the U.S. experienced. You know, a lot of my customers that came up said, you know, I'm talking 15 years ago, said Canada is like it was in the U.S. 20, 25 years ago, you know. The rural Canada, so, you know, it, they remember rural U.S., you know, as places where they could go and hunt and hunt, you know, land close to home and stuff. And then that, that whole landscape changed. And But coming up here was like a breath of fresh air for them because, you know, we were... We were doing things just in a little more casual way and there wasn't as much pressure on the birds and finding birds was fairly easy and, um, you know, that sort of thing. But we, you know, we we need goose callers now and duck callers that are have really high skill level. God, look how pretty that country is. Canada's so big. If we're going to hunt, you know, every day or twice a day, you know, you birds aren't easy every day. So you need to be more realistic is what you're saying. So yeah. bringing a guide in the calls, what is the law or what is qualifications of hiring an American guide? You have to go through a work visa process. And we've done it a few times over the years. And it's, it's, it's fairly extensive. We're just gonna look straight ahead at that rock pile. I don't know if there's much flying yet. We might be a bit early, but- well, We can sit here for a minute. Yeah, and- uh, I like this. this is like a vista view. You should build a house over here, even though your view is even more amazing. So it's a it's a visa work permit. Yeah, so they, they have, you have to go through an advertising process because you basically have to advertise with the skill set that you want. And if there's a Canadian individual that's able to do the job with the same skill set, you have to basically offer that job to them first. And if you can't find anybody that has that skill set, then you're able to offer it to uh, a non-Canadian citizen, so a U.S. citizen to come up, and then they'll get a, I think it's like a six-month work visa, that, so that would qualify them for the fall waterfall season. And they, then it's all legit and on board. So. so do they get on a payroll system, or you now they're a legitimate employee? Yeah, I, typically we just pay them as a contractor, like we do most of our stuff. As an independent contractor? Yeah because for two months of the year, you know, you're setting up your payroll for two, for basically two months. Unless you've got staff that are working 12 months of the year, it's not really, everybody works as a contractor. You don't have anybody that works full year, year round, do you? No. So what are your goals then as an owner, the owner of quick load waterfowl, multiple locations, lodges in different places, 
just to be the best in your general area right now, um, acquiring more waterfowl allotments, waterfowl units in Saskatchewan, going into Alberta. There's some birds flying right there. Um, what are your goals with, with Quick Load? No, I, I think we're just gonna grow from within. We've got a good base with the lodge. If we need to do any additions, we can easily do that there. Our goal is to, we'll basically run two groups a day, groups of five or six. Uh, we've got the lodging for that, uh, everything's set up for that. And we tested that this year, three quarters of the season, we basically ran two groups a day. And I wanted to, to test it with the staff. We had a couple of new staff this year, just to see how that test would work and it was phenomenal. I don't think we'll go outside, we won't grow past that. That'll be um, a manageable point where we can conserve and manage our area so that we still get consistently good hunting. I own waterfowl, three waterfowl zones, and basically the main zone that we hunt is about probably 100 miles by 50 miles. And the, the other zone's the same size, and then the third zone's a bit smaller. But we don't hardly even go into those zones because they're too far away. Really? Yeah. So I don't have growth patterns to go outside our core area. We This is where all our relationships are. This is, people know us here, and we're just going to keep tweaking what we're doing and make it better. And that'll be what we do. We, you know, we're going to, we are going to look at some spring snow goose hunting. It's, um... Something we dabbled in a little bit. We haven't pushed it too hard. It's a tricky business. It's obviously tougher hunting. Late, you know, yeah. late spring season, basically. We're getting the birds. At That'd be like almost May up here, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, late April, early May is when we're hunting snow geese here. So will you guys try to that this, this coming spring in 2024? We're looking at it. I'd like to do it. I'd like to do three or four weeks of it. Um, so I'm going to probably make some phone calls this winter and talk to some some people about coming up and doing it and he but it, it's like the fall you got to work at it you got to be prepared for it and, oh it's a lot of work and, and big spreads and every day is a big spread right look straight down there over that yellow field there's a lot of mallards flying i don't know if, if they were feeding were they feeding where this rock is oh all the geese were but the ducks have been kind of hitting that north field a little bit is that what you're looking at but there's some big pot you see the big wads of ducks over that north field they might be coming off of a pothole. Well, we're only two miles to the river too, from that field. So they'll, they're transitioning here. There's some big sloughs this way hitting there, coming back to this field, but. Um, so when you say that you have all these other waterfowl areas and that you don't go there because they're too far away, can other outfitters use them? How does that work? On the waterfowl side of things, there's no real, there isn't a, a really an option for that. They have to basically work under your license. So um, they have to be working for you. There's no, I don't believe there's a way to sublease them. You're not supposed to. I think there's, it's kind of, kind of gets a little bit complicated, but I know what you're saying or asking me, but um, yeah, but the issue is, is when you buy your license, it comes with the zones that are allocated to that license so you end up with them so they're i can sell them individually but in order for somebody to buy one of my zones they either have to have a outfitter's license or be an, an outfitter you know an outfitter because um, it has to be moved from my license to theirs because they're not handing out any new licenses anymore right where are those birds going a bunch of geese just got up yeah there's big water here i'm hoping they hit this little field 
Is Saskatchewan really dry as a whole this year? Southern Saskatchewan, maybe? Southern Saskatchewan's very dry. We um, we had a lot of water up until about August, and then it um, got really dry. There's a lot of mallards out there. New mallards coming from the north, too. What is the outlook for the guides and the outfitters in Saskatchewan since COVID? A lot of them did not renew their licenses after the 2021 season just because, you know, you guys depend a lot on North America, the continent of 48 United States, coming up here and booking hunts with you guys. Are there a lot less outfitters now, a lot less competition because so many of them didn't reapply for their license or renew their license? You might be, are you thinking of Alberta where you have to renew your license? Well, I think, okay, well, either way, even in Saskatchewan, a lot of outfitters went out of business. They didn't well, keep, they didn't keep doing business. Basically because, yeah, we had three tough years. Yeah. And it was hard with no customers. What are you going to do, right? So people went and did other things to make a living. So I wouldn't say there's less competition. There's, there's still as many outfitters in my area as there always has been. There's actually more competition now because we're seeing outfitting camps that are being purchased and that used to run one group a day are now trying to run three groups a day. Right. And they're pushing further out from their area to try and get shoots from their home base. And that's causing a lot of conflict within the outfitting world because it's, um, any of the outfitters that have been going for 20 years or more have got some sort of informal boundaries with the other outfitters that are close to them. Like Grant and I have an informal boundary that we both respect. He's got some other outfitters east of him that they respect a boundary just so that you're not competing for the same birds as much. So, and giving everybody a kind of a space that they can work within. But we're not, we're seeing a change right now, but the Saskatchewan, you know, Commission of Professional Outfitters is lobbying the government right now to make some changes so that some of that can be prevented because it's just becoming a, a commercial operation and that the quality of their hunting cannot be very good when they're doing that. And that, in turn, lets people think that hunting in Saskatchewan maybe isn't as good as everybody talks about. Do you... Have you figured out what those birds are doing? Yeah. You can see the in the middle of the north field, the big Canada's went in there. A bunch of lessers and ducks are up in the right corner. See that tree line up there? You can yeah. see the big wad of them. Those are all ducks and lessers. So they're not hitting this little field? No, all of them are out in that north Well, let's field. go around. We just have to go around this other way. Actually, we can get through this cornfield and through this little field here. It'll More ducks going in there right now. It'll save us a lot of driving. Oh, there's what got up there? Ducks? No, nope, all the geese got up. From, something just got them all up out of both areas. Is there an eagle? Yeah. We have so many bald eagles. Oh, I don't see an eagle. This little field is the one they fed on this morning. Bunch of them coming off that water. Yeah. Why don't Canadian outfitters hunt water more? I understand that there's roosts. There's so much water up here with the river and all of these sloughs and ponds. Why don't y'all ever concentrate on water and putting waders on and getting a panel blind up on the shoreline on the edge? And I mean, you could kill so many ducks and geese over water here. No, I agree. But if you're going to conserve your hunting, you don't want to shoot the water. Because as soon as you shoot the roost off, those birds are going to move somewhere else. If Look at you, that. They're all going back in the slough. And if you um, if you shoot the transition ponds, you break up their pattern. So that's why we don't shoot the water. Because if they keep their water pattern, they're going to probably come back and feed on that field. And then you just shoot them in the field. 
if you start shooting them on water, you're gonna typically you blow them out of your area. Will you? Yeah. So you get one good shoot, but you give up potentially two or three good ones. I understand that. Just seems like it'd be fun. Oh, it is fun. I used to do it. Couldn't years. you hunt like a little pond where you you see them and they're they, you you kind of scout them and they're going into a couple just like a little pond that's not really a not really a loaf or a or a or a roost, but maybe you even traffic them in there to where you get in between them and yeah. have some you know have an opportunity to decoy some into the water. Yeah. No. When I first started out, we used to do that a lot. Our afternoon duck hunts were all over water. But you got to have the right guide that can do it, the right dog. And you got to have the right customers because standing around some of our sloughs, you're standing in mud. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many cattle here, they just trample these sloughs in and surround the outside of them. They're so soft, you can't walk in them. Five o'clock. What's going on? A bunch of birds went back to water. There's a really big bunch of mallards over that north field again. Let's sneak over there and have a look to see what's going on. I was really hoping they'd start hitting this field. <coughs> they were in here this morning. Yeah, let's go try to get close to some of them. I was talking to the farmer and we can go down this cornfield. Well, let's go around because I think we'll see better actually from the other way. It's just a bit of a drive. Yeah, let's try to get close to some of them. What about other animals? Are you ever going to get into the bear, deer, anything? You just um, waterfowl. Um, Mark and I got, you know, we've got an option to maybe go in with another fella. And, and partner on some whitetail tags. Um, so we're going to talk about that in November when we're done all this. And uh, it'd be a really nice transition. Uh, go from uh, waterfowl into deer. Um, you know, you're basically sliding from October. You're sliding right into November, into deer season. Um, Are there big good deer around where the lodge is? But we wouldn't hunt there. Um, it's we'd have to go up into the forestry where there's a, where the allocations are. Do you do you want to do it, or is it just kind of? Nah, you just don't have the passion for deer like you do the ducks and geese. Um, no, I like the deer guiding. I just right now I'm just ground down from waterfall season. I don't really want to do anything but go to Cabo. Are you going to Cabo? I better take Angela to Cabo. I think. When? In November. Are you going to? I'm gonna go somewhere. Yeah, we get. I need to take her on a holiday getaway. She hasn't got to see you much. No, she's working lots, and I've been I've been at the lodge for the you know the whole season pretty much. Is she good about understanding the life of a waterfowl outfitter and guide, and how much time you got really got to put into it, or is it tough on her? No, she understands. She knows what it what it means. Um, she, uh, when we first started seeing each other, she was a little thinking that I could just slide off and go have dinner with her and the, fa you know, family and friends. But that's not the way this business works for September and October. You know, if you want to see me, you basically got to come down here and see me. Do you try to spend every night with the clients at the lodge for dinner and everything? Are you there every night? Um, yeah, we're pretty much there all the time. Um, we, you know, we, we typically eat dinner with them and we mingle and, you know, you're always kind of checking in with them, making sure everything's okay. But when it's time for us to check out and get some sleep, we just, we just check out. If the customers want to sit up and visit, that's fine. But um, staff need to get their rest, you know, and I, there's no expectation that you, uh, 
you need to stay up and visit late with them, you know. I remember back in the day, God, we used to run hard, didn't we? <laughs> like you would, you would literally go hunt, come back at dark after an afternoon hunt. After, you know, September 15th, you can start hunting Canada geese in the province of Saskatchewan. So that would usually be when we were up here. So we'd get on a good goose hunt in the afternoon, depending on the weather. Hopefully we get a west wind and we get some, uh, an ability, you know, an ability the opportunity to film some really good content and footage for whether it was Freddy's DVD series or the beginning days of the foul life. And then you get back and you clean the birds. Then you'd go to dinner. Then it would go to the shop and then you're literally up to like two in the morning and then back up at five in the morning doing it all again. I mean, we did that for years. Yeah. I even did it a couple times last week at Grand's. Yeah. I, you know, we run a much quieter camp now and I got clientele been coming 15 years, and there's the odd night we'll stay up, have a visit and stuff. But I don't know. We just get a rest so they can get up in the morning. You're fresh and you're sharp and you're you know you're ready to roll. So I don't honestly know how we did that back then. I guess we were 20 years younger. It's stupid. Hard on the body. It's just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't resist. It's like the first night, especially when everybody gets to camp. First night, yeah. And that's hard on an outfitter because all these guys are itching to get up here and then you've already been doing it. So you're like, yeah. all right. And then they get there and you're like, all right, I got to put on my entertainment yeah. shoes for this group. You got to remember when Brandon and I were guiding for Grant, we were the ones getting up in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Grant was sleeping in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys were up early every morning. He'd have a nice little nappy nap and then he'd be fresh that night. Yeah. Right? Ready to party again. Yeah. He's ran. He's built a hell of an operation, though, hasn't he? Oh yeah, he's got he's got a really solid operation going on up there. He's he's so passionate about the farming, and it's in his blood. And uh, he wants to build that farm up so his boys have, you know, a, a future in farming. And they're always going to have the outfitting side of things. So that that's that's what very well established. But farming's just become a huge business in our area. Yeah. They've got some core land that they can work with, but it, you know, you're always looking for, for new land to lease or rent. But yeah, they're, um, he, yeah, you know, and Lana keeps them in line now. So he's, you know, yeah, we're gonna go left up this well road. Um, see there's cows in here, but that's okay. Doesn't look like very many. Um, so, you know, he, he still likes him and I still get together, have a good visit. We like to stay up late a couple of nights, but I don't like getting up with a headache. No. Tonight we might have a couple though. It's my birthday. Yeah. Did you give me a present? Yeah. What'd you give me? We did be four days of waterfall hunting with me. Look how fat these cows are. Holy jeez. That cow's pregnant. She's bloating. No, she's not pregnant. They've really? had their calves already. They calve in the spring. God, she's fat. Aren't they nice cows? Beautiful. Those calves are getting big, actually. They've been feeding all summer. I can't get over how pretty this country is in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Good family friends of ours own all this cattle, and this family's worked hard to look at the birds in England there. Yeah. Um, build their ranch, and they got a lot of cropland now. He's got about thirteen thousand acres right here in this area, and you know, you know, we're privileged that we get to hunt on it. That he farms. Yeah, so a lot of it's pasture because they got they're big cattle farmers, but uh, cattle ranchers, sorry, and they're grain farmers. But they um, are very fortunate. They've got a gravel pit south of us here that is just 
endless revenue for them. He said it's his retirement right there. Really? Yeah. Just let's just stop here probably. This will be the high point. You won't see much from down there. They're going in behind that tree. That could be a hide, good hide right there. Behind that bluff. Yeah. I just want to see if the ducks pile in there. Look at those geese go in. Straight in. No fooling around. Hey? There's a lot of ducks on the ground already. They moved. They shifted fields on me. They just went north here to this field, which they've um, been on that little barley field all fall, and they may have ate it off. There might just not be the feed there for them. I'm all getting up from there now. There's got to be something bumping them, because remember that, is there a coyote on the ground? You know what I seen in this field, Chad? What? Early this year, and I phoned the rancher, big black wolf trotting across. Really? Yeah. They shoot wolves here regularly. Come out of these river hills, get after their cattle. Yeah, these birds aren't getting comfortable. They're all keep jumping. Something's bumping them. Look for look in the trees for eagles. I'm gonna let you do all the work. Get, I, I can handle it. I know you can. Yeah, they're restless. Something's now they're all going down over there, something, over that knob, right on the other side of that oil tank. Something's bothering them. They'll still be on this field because that's uh, pasture over there. A bunch still on the ground. They might they might they all might be just moving and feeding. Right. They might relight. They're gonna relight right now. They've been in and out of this field all year. I've just never pulled the trigger on it. A bunch more ducks coming from the south. Yeah, so they're going back down the other side of that bush, right? That big bunch. And then some of these are, these are river birds. I'll, I'm gonna show you a really cool spot. Every time I go by here, except for tonight, maybe not, but there's always a young couple sitting there having a little romantic uh, moment looking at the river. Really? Yeah. Every one night? Of the, one of the prettiest places. What is tonight? What day is it today? Friday. Yeah, be, there might be somebody sitting there. It's a nice warm evening. It's gonna start getting cold, right? So now these are gonna light on this side. That makes it tricky. They're all Are right. you seeing big, I can't real, you know, I'm a little, getting a little bit older. I can't see with my eye. I can see those geese moving around, but are you seeing any new ducks coming in? Yeah, there's new ducks that just come from the- South? South group. Yeah, and what's coming here? I, I can see those geese coming from the south. They're coming off that slough over there, I bet. Yeah. There's, there's a good bunch of birds there. What I like about this field is if we can tuck in, tomorrow's a southeast wind. We could tuck in on that far bush line because that's basically where they're feeding, right? Between this, this is a, a bush in the middle of the field. Right. And are they big geese? Some of those look like honkers. The ones I'm looking at right now are little geese. Are you sure? Look how they're floating in there. That's, that looks like big geese. Are you looking at the back group or the forward one? See that one going in right now, that oh, group of 10? Oh, here, hold on. Because we're going to start, this time of year we start seeing big honkers moving in. Those are honkers, the yeah. ones that you just saw. I'm looking at these other ones. I'm looking at just above that treetop. Yeah. The way they floated in there, those are honkers. Yeah, the other group's lessers. You're going to get a mix. There was a pile of whites in here this morning, but I don't see any whites. They're moving right now. They're, they're busting tail to get out of here. We're gonna, the next two weeks, we'll, sh we'll shoot lots of honkers, and then the mallards will stick. I was surprised you've seen as many pintail as you've seen this time. I know, been a lot of spring. Yeah. I just don't think there's that many birds unless there's a bunch oh, more to come. You watch this lift. That lift? No, when this lifts at dark, there's gonna be a lot more birds in there than you think. So what we could do, what time is it, five? We've only got 45 minutes really of daylight. Do we want to run 15 minutes north and then come back? We can. Okay, let's just go. We gotta go down this road here. Just back up. Hold on one sec. 
Unless you want to watch it more. I'm just, I just want to see if any more birds come in there because there's not that many birds in there right now. Yeah, but those big flocks of ducks early on, when we were sitting south there, they're all in there. We can't even see anything on the ground right now because they're... Yeah, you can see them all on the ground. Well, on this side, but we can't see on the other side of that bush. On the other side of the tree line? Well, yeah, so this tall bunch of trees here, that's a bush in the middle of the field. On the south side of that bush is where they're all feeding. It's, that bunch had just got up settled on this side. But that's a funky little spot. I like that spot. This time of year, you gotta, you really gotta look for hide. You gotta, so we can blend that blind into Bunch more a background, right? There. Yeah. Two lessers going in, a bunch of mallards just went in. So look at that with your binoculars. You tell me if you think there's a bunch of birds in there. Can I have the binoculars? Here comes another group across from here. Look at these, these are river birds coming from Look at all the ducks coming yeah. from the river. What I don't like is they're split up now. See those ducks going in there? That bunch of, that group of four uh, darkies that just came in, they went in on the other side of that bush. He does have cows in there, which is always a variable that I don't always like, but they've consistently liked that spot all season. They just, it just hasn't built to where I wanted to pull the trigger on shooting it. And it's a real hard field to, to scout. We could go north here if you want to be able to look back at it. Some more mallards coming across out of that slough. Let's go north. Those things aren't even getting up off the ground barely, going straight in there. Here comes some more. The sloughs, that, surely that's not the roost. A lot of these go, look at this big water mallards coming in here. That's transition pond to the south, and there's lots of little ponds around here. Look at that group of ducks that just got in there. So they're just going to go in with this bunch here, right? I think in the morning they're going to come to your decoys. This is why I should drive because you Whoa. just want to sit and watch, but I want to go north and have a better vantage. Okay, we will right now. I just like watching these ducks go in there. There's a lot, a lot of ducks moving around. I also have a camera crew that's kind of dictating where, how fast I move, you know? Well, how does that work? What do you mean, how's it work? Well, we just go slow, slow and methodical? No, oh. but you know, I, I'm kind of at the mercy. Because they're parked right behind us, we can't back up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of it. <laughs> they got me blocked and they're filming everything we do. We're going to break here for a few commercials. Thank you all very much. Chad's running low on fuel and supplies on his scouting trip, and he's applying for a work visa. Skill set, I would say that I'm a good people person. I'm a good cook. Um, I'm a good decoyer setter upper. Fred Zink? Yeah. Never heard of her. <laughs> this is the Foul Life's exclusive scouting trip broadcast. I love Fred Zink. He's the master. He taught me how to hunt lessers. I love hunting with Freddie. That's a lot of birds in there. We need to go look at that one again. All right, let's do that. Thanks to Corning Ford and Jack Links, Chad's scouting trip rolls on. Chad Building and Barkley Fisher from Quick Load Waterfowl will return after the break. Buckle up. It's called Benelli's the Fowl Life for a reason. We love Benelli. They are the top shelf of waterfowl shotguns, all shotguns for that matter in my opinion. But when you start talking about duck blinds, goose blinds, lay down blinds, panel blinds, pit blinds, the debris, the wear and tear, everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season, whether it's a 60 day duck season in the south or you start up north and north of the border in Canada, Alberta, Saskatchewan and follow the migration south. Some of us, myself included, hunt over 120 days a year and every single time I squeeze that Benelli trigger. It goes bam. I'm so 
so proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family. And when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3, the 12 gauge, the 20 gauge, the 28 gauge, I absolutely love this line of shotguns, the inertia, every single thing from the rib down to the sight, to the choke tube, to the constrictions, the performance is what it's all about with Benelli. The Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge, 20 gauge, and 28 gauge. Whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep them straight out of the box factory, they perform. They're simply perfect. It's Benelli. It's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger. The dispatch, humane, ethics, everything that goes into it. Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter, the goose hunter, the turkey hunter, the upland hunter. So whether you're doing sporting clays, whether you're chasing waterfowl, chasing upland, chasing turkeys, Benelli builds a shotgun for you. Benelli's the foul life. They're 13 seasons as our title sponsor. Can you imagine this relationship. Thank you, Benelli. Thank you all for supporting Benelli. And I know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good, that Benelli dealer, that store and say, let me shoulder that super black Eagle. And now you can do it in so many gauges, the sub gauges included. We're fired up. Good luck this season. Stay safe out there and shoot straight. Shoot Benelli. Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and performance best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level. One of my favorite parts of the hunt is the scouting. Is there anything better? The anticipation, riding back roads, dirt roads, seeing that dust in your rear view, seeing mallards pitching off to your right, Canada geese going down, snow, specks, divers, it doesn't matter what your pursuit is, but having the right optics, the right piece of equipment when you're scouting is everything from optics to rangefinders to tripods to spotting scopes vortex optics does it all wisconsin america based company living the american dream what a brand that has been built out of the kershaw headquarters again in the great state of wisconsin we got plenty more coming from that awesome state can't wait to share it with you all but when you're in the need for a rangefinder or binos of any size or spotting scopes and their tripods there is nothing like the family of brands at vortex their leisure wear their lifestyle wear their apparel their socks, their shirts, their rain jackets, their rainwear. Absolutely amazing design and innovation that's going into it. I do not go on the road in my trucks or in a plane without a pair of Vortex binoculars. You can check us on that. When you see us, come say hello and we are going to have our Vortex on us. It is no secret that finding the roost, finding the loaves, finding the feeds is the number one success piece of puzzle that goes in to consistent waterfowl hunting. You have to be where the birds are. You can run traffic don't get me wrong, but you still have to have a good set of binos to be able to find the birds and assess the situation and figure out their flight patterns, their feeding times, everything that goes into it, how far you're going to be off of a line, a fence line, a tree line, where you're going to put your blinds, where the vantage point is, exactly where those flocks are hitting in those fields when you're scouting. Enjoy the scout, live through the hunt passionately, and do not cut corners. Vortex Optics, the official binocular and spotting scope of the Foul Life podcast and the Foul Life TV. We're back and Chad's rolling out. It's Duck Patrol 2023. They see me rolling, they hating, patrolling and trying to catch me riding dirty. 
No backseat drivers and all potty breaks must be kept to a minimum. It's a great way to do it. I mean, traveling worry-free. The Foul Life Scouting Trip is brought to you in part by Jack Links, The Provider, Bandit Brands, Vortex Optics, and Realtree. Let's get back to the boys. So we're in the middle of a podcast right here, and, and we're telling them, we're telling the podcast audience that Carly, one of our camera women, is bossing me around. Look at all those ducks. Um, they're all scattered around there now. Can I do some advertising for my brother-in-law's company, Robert's Transport? What do they have? They're the largest, one of the largest livestock haulers in North America. Oh, really? Yeah. Robert's Transport. I need some cattle for American almond beef. Well, they haul cattle. Well, livestock haulers. Can you steal something? Bring them down to me. <clears throat> Look at that group of geese. Look at that what coming you, from the west. Well, how many do you need? We coming like, from the southwest. I could just talk to some. People. I mean, coming from the southeast. Look at those. Yeah, that's new birds. Look how high they are. Those are honkers. Look how they're settling in there. Boy, that'd be fun. I don't know. Would you hunt this? Well, I want to see it better. This time of year, we we sort of. Let's go up here north and get in the spot and scope. No, we go back and then north. Okay, we'll go north and then let's get in the spot and scope and really get yeah, get a good advantage. Yeah. That work done, for you? Yeah, I would have done that 20 minutes ago, but that's okay. You're the one that wanted to come over here. Look for wolves. Well, it's pretty cool. Have you seen a wolf running across a crop field? No, I'd like to see one. I want to see a big moose, big paddles. We well, should have been here two weeks ago. Logan was showing me a bunch of moose. Yeah. You're gonna go north. He saw a bunch of five packs. Actually, you're gonna go south. I'm sorry. Oh, they were all, they were all herded up, young bulls. Yeah. Yeah. I love this life, Barkley. I mean, we're in Canada on a Friday so night, the day before my a, birthday. You want me to get you a visa? You want me to invest in your company, and we really blow it out of the water? We don't need any more investors. We're we're almost at capacity, and it's just a matter of maintaining quality, because if you don't have quality hunts. Well, I can't just come up here and guide, Barkley. I'm busy. But yeah, I'll come up here for 30 days and guide and film camera crew every day, but your your clients have to understand that I get to call the shot. Oh, that will not work. <laughs> that will not work. That don't happen? No. I don't call the shot very good, do I? No, you call the shot the way you need to call it, and I understand that. Um, it's very different when you have, you don't have to have them perfect. You can shoot at a lot more birds. You sure. Know, you know that. I get it. But I mean, waterfowl is about that majesty and getting them in tight. That's well, my opinion. The, the one thing that I appreciate about my goose callers is they want the birds to finish so everybody can shoot. Yes. And that I appreciate that because they work really hard at getting the birds to finish in the hole. They set their, they set their decoys up so that there's a hole in the middle front of the blind set and I understand all that and I appreciate that because my you know the staff works hard behind the scenes to put them on the birds and then those guys finish it and you know I, I think of it as a hockey team you got your first liners yeah and then you got your second third fourth liners yeah but the team that wins the Stanley Cup is the team with the best fourth liners did you know that the finishers those are the guys that grind it out and win the hockey game for you your goal scorers are always going to score goals. So uh, don't go up that road. Okay. We need to go into this field a little bit and s kind of sneak around, but we're going to be close to that bunch. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to bump them. So now you can see that, that bluff there. Yeah. 
so there there's the bunch sitting other side of that bluff and then there's this other bunch on this side of that bluff right i don't know like i i, I didn't see the the other the ones on the other side of the bluff that's why i'm questioning your they left that's why i'm questioning what you're saying well that's where they all got up from yeah they were over there yeah. when we were north of here but a lot didn't get up right this might not work i'm just gonna think about this just keep going slow it's such a hard field to scout it is very hard at least you have some hideaways down in here god look at these well, this is clues. the bottom this is pothole country right here hey eh? yeah this is where they're born a lot of them yeah so i kind of run my team like a hockey team and your goal scorers are your goose callers and then you're, you know we're second third fourth liners right yeah did you also know that the team that wins the stanley cup we're gonna go hard left so we don't scare anything yeah and um is 75 percent canadians mm, i don't know if it's that anymore did you know that hockey players are the second group best athletes in the world behind baseball players me and your son had that talk last night yeah i heard that discussion it's true i don't but know how you measure that i, I really we can go over it later i've talked about it so much but i know that it's legit this is an oat field just so you know oats this is oats and they've they've harrowed it since they combined it broke all that straw up and there's lots of grain on the ground so we're going to kind of go right and then try and look back yeah few honks trying to get over there. I'm not seeing the amount of birds that you would want to hang your hat on, Barkley. Are you? Oh, there's a big lot of birds. See him? <laughs> as soon as I spoke. We'll just go up on this high spot and see if we can stay to the left, if you don't mind. But this time of year, I don't think you need... You saw big bunches of birds today, but they're not, they're not huntable. Yeah, you're right. We're still not high enough. We gotta get up there. Was this the original slough right up here that we were watching them come off of earlier? No, they're coming off uh, south, almost by that grid road that we were on. There's a couple of big sloughs right there. We'll test them vortex here right shortly. Good binos, good glass, good spotting scopes. Be good for my old eyes. Okay. We'll see. Just back up so I can see better. Don't run into anything. Like a cow. <laughs> I'm not gonna hit a cow. Crank her a little bit. There you go. Okay, what do we got? We might not even be able to see them from here. Really? Where are they? They're over that far ridge. Okay. Just, you just gotta find a group that's going in. I'm gonna get out and put the scope on them. Here's some coming off right now. Oh, they're way further south than I, or north than I thought, sorry. Do you see them, Barkley? Yeah, so they're strung out. You can see them on the ground, and they go all the way down to that oil well. They're like right almost to that oil well. They are? Yeah. Does that look like that many to you? No, that's, that's not a big bunch of birds, but that's, there's still birds coming. And I just like the way they settled into that whole spot. Something bumped them, which, I mean, we got coyotes, we got bald eagles, we got all kinds of stuff that's chasing them. Look at the ducks fluttering. Like, we can't even see those, the ducks. There's ducks getting up this side of that, those geese. Okay, here's some geese coming across. 
the trees right here. Watch where they go in. If there's birds on the other side, like you said, they're gonna shortcut them from going into that big wall. No, those birds were, you see where that tree line comes this way, like comes yeah. into the field? They were there where those, it could have been the cows that got them up. There's yeah. cows mingling, right? Quite a, like the cows don't usually bother them that much, but look at the ducks listen, piling in there. Listen. Well, so the first field we looked at is right there. So, so I don't know. There's a bunch of birds coming from right here. I don't know if they're. See these honkers right here? Watch these honkers. That three pack just turned around and followed that big group of honkers right there. Yeah. Those are all big geese. Yeah. They're setting up. I mean, they're going to go, they're, they're not even going to circle. No, straight into the wind and down. And down. Like, didn't even circle. And now look down, look straight down there to the right of the oil tank. And look at that group of geese. Where are they going? They're going east right they're now. Fall, they're flying straight to the east. There's a lot of cropland along the river hills. Here comes another big bunch of geese right here from the north. Are those honkers? Those are all honks, huh? Yeah. Small packs like that this time of year, they're honkers. Well, it ain't that small of a pack. Well, two family groups, right? The thing I like about this is... Let's look at that bunch of geese going in there right now. Put your glass up. No, I can see those with my bare eye. They're committed to that spot. That's what I like. Did you get off of that little tree line right behind him right there with the blind? Well, tomorrow, like right now, we got a northwest wind. Actually, strong northwest wind. Tomorrow morning's supposed to be southeast where the sun is. Yeah. So you, you could back up, you know, there's that clump of trees right here. Yeah, you can get right off this far end of it and yeah. put your decoy spread yeah. kind of out towards that oil well. I mean, that oil tank. Those birds are running north and south right now, being a line towards that well. Yeah. We could kill them. I mean, it's an option, right? It's, all a it's a good hide with a good wind, and you got a, you got honkers that turn the mojos off, cluck them in, and then pound the mallards. Mallards will do it. They're content down there. I just don't know how many opportunities you're going to have. But again, the morning could change, and there could be a bunch of birds coming off the river, too. You can see the water right Tough, there. Yeah. See that water right there? Yeah. That's where the ducks are coming that's their transition spot. A lot of them. Yeah. I'd like to call coyote right here if the wind wasn't blown. It's brisk out here, hey? Huh? Brisk. I need a jacket. <laughs> Hold that for a second, please. Hold on. I can't take this cold anymore, though. Is that weak? How are you going to work up here? Huh? You're going to have to come in September. When it's a little warmer? Yeah. No, I'm pretty tough, dude. Like a hockey player. I'm not arguing that. They're playing golf today. They play golf in the spring and they lose out of playoffs. I know. They're good at it too. See this group of birds over, look right over the oil well. Are they coming that way? Yeah, I think they're coming south. Yeah. Those are river, that river's right there. So you're gonna get a blend of river birds and then birds sitting on these big sloughs up here. A lot of big honkers in there. Well, we've, we had a discussion today about trying to hunt these lessers right now, and they're, they're just in such a big want. They're hard, they were. And we just said, let's just refocus. We know the big geese are coming, and the big geese are here now. Yeah. Let's target them. Yeah, we're uh, still running this podcast, and hope y'all are not getting winded out on us. 
we got a camera crew with Barkley and I. We're filming a scouting segment for Vortex at the same time scouting birds for tomorrow's hunt. We're filming content for the foul life. We're filming content for our social media, Camo Space and Instagram. And me and Barkley, man, we got a good thing going. We're, he's gonna hire me. See that honker going in there right now? What's your skill set? Because I have to, when I have client reviews, I have to have the skill set. Skill set, I would say that I'm a good people person. Most Canadians are, so that won't work. Okay, um, I'm a really. No, you got to think technical skills. I'm a good cook. Better than Marion? No. Okay, so I can't hire you as a cook. I'm a good decoyer setter upper. Are Canadians good at that? You said they run weird rigs up here. I learned all my setup from Freddie Zink. Is that weird? Fred Zink? Yeah. Never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> I love Fred Zink. He's the master. He taught me how to hunt lessers. You learned it all from him? Yeah, I had lots of opportunity to hunt with Fred. There's a group of geese coming. I love hunting with Freddie. However, my first liners have their own way of setting up, so they don't Your listen. first liners do? They don't listen to me. What's going on over here? You hear all that? That's what I've been listening to. That's our little field that we were looking at at first. That's a lot of birds in there. We need to go look at that one again. All right, let's do that. That's a lot of geese. Wait, 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 they're getting up right yeah, there. Let's see there. Those are all honks, dude. Yep. Those are all new birds. They yep. got off up that little field. So they might have that eaten out. They need to, if they're yep. going here, we might need to hunt down there off that little clump of trees. Cause that's a lot of good opportunities, especially if these honkers come in fives and sixes, tens and you know, smaller groups tomorrow. I mean, if you were in that tree line today, look at all them honkers going in, please. Will you look at that? I mean, come on. Can we kill those you think? Look at that. With you calling? Yeah. Look at that. Those are all big geese. Oh, that's beautiful. Let's double check that Sweet. one. We Thank got, you, Carly. We got probably a half hour of daylight or 45 minutes. Let's go back and double check that little field. Okay. Just to see if the ducks aren't hitting that. Then we're gonna come back and watch this till dark. Okay. You got heated seats? Yeah. Burr. Wow, who needs to work in September? I'm gonna scoot back around the way you came, stay on the edge there, we'll be fine. Hey bud, good. Barkley's calling one of his guides right now, talking to them what they're seeing. Kind of a different podcast, but it was like, that's uh, live from the- That's the birds from that north end. The Ford truck. In there this morning. Brought to you by Corning yeah. Ford. We're trying to find a good Welcome. hunt in Saskatchewan. So, you wanna go look at that little field that we've previously looked at, and then come back and put these to bed. I think we got time if we buck her out of here. Yeah. I think, I'm hoping that that little field doesn't have anything on it now. We just saw that big group of honkers get off of it, right? And they basically went straight to the larger feed over north. Right. What was he seeing? Other, anybody else seeing anything worth it? Logan's worth over it? on the west side there, and he's got couple little feeds going on. When was the last time these River Hill fields were hunted that we're looking at? Were, has it been I've a minute? I've never hunted this field yet this year. Uh, we haven't been on this east side much this year, to be honest. You don't with think you. there's been much pressure on these honkers? No. Plus, Not they easy. probably just got here. Yeah. And, uh, Plus, there's a lot of uh, lot of mallards around. Well, we yeah, we watch nice bunches of ducks. They, they're feeding hard right now. The, the weather, the temperature change is coming. 
Like those mallards weren't in and out of there. They were still in there. Like quite often we watch them feed for 15 minutes and then they look. Yeah, they gotta go get water. Yeah. They have to. Especially if they're in corn. Should be that next road should just be at the top of that hill. Top of it? Yeah, just over it. So what have you been doing with it yourself in the year off season? You ever get any dumb? Working the brands, yeah. I mean I've got my girlfriend Anna and Anna. my daughter Alyssa, she's my world, so yeah, how old is Alyssa now? Twelve. Big volleyball player, so I travel a lot in the spring. Watching her tournament, she's on a travel team, and I love watching it. She's fired up for it, wants to take it to the next level. So is she tall? Yeah, she's tall and almost as tall as me already, twelve years old. So she got that from her mom? No, her mom. Sure, we don't. Don't even start that conversation, Parkley. <laughs> <laughs> so well, at least. Um, the next one. Yeah, she's awesome. My girlfriend Anna's got a daughter Tater and a, a daughter JC, and they're all great people. So we we go to the beach, we go to the lake, we baseball games, concerts, volleyball tournaments. Where do you go, Lake Havasu? I go to Havasu some, but mainly Lake Tahoe and uh, Lake Almanor. Oh yeah, Nevada, California, Sierra Lakes. But I'm working a lot, man. I travel a lot and. The spring with turkeys and well, at least you're, you got You're making time for the right things. Oh yeah, your kids are so important. The most important. Yeah, and you can't get it back, right? <coughs> no. Like when I get back this week, I'll have her. I'll uh, get back on Monday, and I'll be with her all week. Me and my ex-wife Melanie have a great relationship and friendship, and then we'll have a big Halloween party slash birthday party on the 27th, and then on. Sunday the 29th I'm taking her to San Francisco to watch the 49ers play the Cincinnati Bengals so my daughter and I will go down there with some friends awesome and then we'll spend the night and go to a nice dinner down there in yep. Santa Clara San Francisco and she's fired up I I got her and her mom some tickets to the game a couple weeks ago against the Cowboys and they loved it she's at a fun age she's gonna start getting spunky on you though I got a daughter oh she doesn't even want me to hug her anymore in public no. it drives me nuts no and then she's gonna start talking back. I'll I'll put her in her place. No, you won't. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you right now, you won't. She oh yeah, I will. Beat you down? Like, you no, she won't beat me down. She will. Not a chance. She's. Gonna... I'll keep you posted on how it goes. Yeah. You tell me from 12 to 16 how that goes the next four years. You think you're gray now? <laughs> oh, they start getting boyfriends and curious and stuff like that. I got guns, boy. That don't matter. I ain't afraid to go back to prison. <laughs> so this is our... This is our vantage point. We'll go up to that well. All right, so we're pulling back in to the first vantage point that we came to, this oil well road. And we're going to sit here and look at the first field. It's a smaller field. You guys heard us refer to it with the rocks in it. Um, so we're going to look at it and see if any of the birds are left on it because if they all kind of transitioned over to where the you know the main group is now then that's probably where we're going to decide to hunt in the morning. So this podcast was just intended for y'all to hear a live scouting trip in Canada. I absolutely freaking love Saskatchewan. This place is awesome. It's a duck and goose hunter's dream, but you still got to work for them. You have to be on the go. You got to put in windshield time. You got to cover a lot of area. It's big country. And I think we're good. There's still no, there's no, no more there's birds. A bunch. Look left of the rock pile. There's a bunch of darks. Oh yeah, look at that. That's the only thing that's- No, that whole, dude, that's a ton. They start a hundred yards. Look at all the ducks getting up to the right of the rock pile. 
Look at all the mallards. Yeah, see, this is what's tricking me here, because we got this feed and then that other feed. Oh, this is the one we need, though, dude. This is where, look how long that feed is from the right of the rock pile. Look at the mallards. Oh, my God. Oh, look at the mallards getting up. We got two good bunches here. How do we hide over here, though? Southeast wind, you back up to that rock pile. Yeah, but there's a fence in between the rock pile and where they're feeding. No, that's okay. The, yeah, the rock pile's on this pasture to the south, and then there's yeah. a fence line. When you get up on that ridge, and you just sit right there. These mallards have been in here for four or five days. Look at them all coming back in there right now to the right of the rock pile. Yeah. It's a never-ending line of ducks. Look at them. Look how far back they go to your right. I know. I got these fancy vortex that you gave me. I can see. <laughs> oh, you can? Okay. Look at all those mallards going in there. I like this little field because it's only 100 acres. And yeah. it's, it's barley and the, those ducks just love barley. Oh, here we go. Is that our bald eagle? High right. There's our bald eagle that's causing all the problems. So you going to get him up again? Watch this. High right above that. Yeah, it's flopping up high by itself. There's still ducks coming in there now. They just got up off the pond. There's 12 ducks just going in there, good. So with that scope, so you can see that oil tank way off. That's the field we were just on. You can see it with your eye, right? Mm -hmm. I can't with these, you know, I can't see any birds this side of it. Well, let me look in the scope. But that's the other feed, you know, so you're- All those ducks going in there right now. This is a good shoot. This is the one I wanted to shoot. Look at all the ducks coming off that slough right now. I wonder if they're gonna go over there. Oh yeah, look at all the new mallards going in there right now. Yeah. Another group coming behind them. This is a solid one. They've been here consistently. Something's got that other group sitting over on that other look, side. Look at that group of 20 mallards right now coming right to left, about to light right in. See, there's some we can't even see behind that. Bush. Look at that, just not even a pass. Done. No, they're down off that slope behind the rock pile, and then they get real thick to the left of the rock pile. Yeah, look along the fence line to the regular rock pile, though. Oh, yeah, it's thick. They're, they're just strung out. If we use that rock pile as our marker, like I said, we got a southeast wind tomorrow. You're set up perfect. As if, if that's, look, there's two going right by here. <sighs> Ten feet off the ground. And it'll land in the cornfield. I think we can get a hunt on here, huh? Yeah. Like, What's the wind? Southwest at what? Southeast. Southeast at what? He just went and get wet? Where the hell did he just go? He just went and got filthy. As long as it's a south wind, either east or west, we back up to that fence line but in, just in front of that rock pile. Right. You got that rock pile behind you? Yeah. You're solid. You're just going to blend right into that rock pile. Yeah. Think so? It's your shoot, not mine. Well, I know, but I'm saying... When we have the discussion tonight, you have to talk about what you saw. Well, I haven't really been able to see the other side of that rock pile. Well, I've been in this field before, and it just slopes down a bit. It's not bad. Look at all the ducks going in there right now. Oh, that's what got them up. Look in the scope right now. Look in the scope right now. Look at him running across there. Yodi? Yep. See him? Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's the stuff we deal with. But typically, that's just a little ruffle in their feathers. Yeah. They come back. They're used to coyotes. They're used to bald eagles. Well, that's a big old coyote. You could sit on that rock pile and call coyotes into that field. Couple snows in there. Yeah, that's a good shoot. Duff! <whistles> oh, you're... What did you get into? What did you get into? Sit. You're filthy. Got into a sewer pit. That's why he's all brown and black. Another big group of mallards coming out of the slough going in there. 
You want to shoot this one? I like it. There's a lot of mallards, if anything. I like that it's a small field. Lots of bush around it. Lots of structure. Here comes all the mallards in there right now. Boom. Oh, big group. I'm going to double check the weather. It's, I'm pretty sure it's a south wind tomorrow. What'd you get into? Go play. play. What the hell's over here? What you doing? Where'd you go? Is there a big ditch right here? Come here. Here. Go fetch up. Minus two tomorrow morning, Celsius. It's cold. Southeast breeze. At what? Not very strong, like two mile an hour. That's not good. Two or three. We got no wind tomorrow then. So you set your decoys further out? Yep. They're just gonna pile into their spread. Is it hard for you to hunt up here with no wind, Barkley? Very hard. So you don't think our chances are good tomorrow? Oh no, your chances are still good. They're just better when you have wind, stronger wind. It takes that variable out of it. Yeah. Look at this group of birds coming across. The nice thing about south, whether it's, it's got to be south, if anything, if it's a north wind, it ain't going to work with the way they're feeding, right? Mm. And then we're not looking into the sun either way. Look at that group of Canada's coming in there right now. See those Canada's? They're going right in there. Not even skipping a beat. Look at that. Look at that. Honks. Big honkers. They're liking that edge. Either one's a shoot. This is a little more solid than the other one. I think this is too. Come some more honks across, group of five or six. Okay. Yeah, we're done. We're hunting here, yeah? What did you get all over you? I hope that ain't sewer. Duff, here. Okay. We gotta do one thing before dark. We gotta check the... So the farmer, I was talking to him yesterday, and he's dropped a gate so we can get in this south side. Yeah. We just go in by the corn here, through the corrals, and then just want to see how we get across that pasture. Otherwise, you have to come in all the way around the north end, and it's just a lot further. So how do you think we'll get in there? I'll show you. We're going to go out to the road, go left, and then take a hard left into the cornfield. We found our field, everybody. That was solid, huh? Well, I, I just had a hunch we need to come back and double check this one. Yep, you were right. Good job, Barkley. We ended up, we got two feeds within a mile of each other. But both feeds, the birds are pretty consistent in what they want to do. So this little road here to the left, Chad, will go down by this cornfield. And uh, what I was telling you earlier, the farmer, I was chatting with him, and he said he had dropped his gates, moved his cows out of here. He left his gates down so we can get down through this cornfield and then across the pasture but I want to see it in the daylight so that tomorrow morning when we show up here in the dark yeah there's no hiccups so scouting mission success right Barkley well you and I got two solids I'd say um, the other crew Logan and Mark are out giving her Logan's got a couple options I haven't heard from Mark yet but we'll have a discussion when we get back we're gonna have dinner with Grant and Lana Kuypers tonight, huh? Grant and Lana are coming down, that's right. We're gonna have a... Little birthday gathering? A little ravioli that you and Marion put together. I actually tasted some of that... Uh, that duck? That ground up duck. That's tasty. You can't even tell that that's... No. That had the provider uh, drop tine rub and our fowl rub mixed. Yeah. I've used up all that provider box I bought. 
You should buy some more for all your clients and all your land. Are you doing another raffle? Like when I buy it, do I get my name in another raffle? Why don't you buy like 50 of them for your landowners? That'd be such a nice gift for all these farming families that cook. It's a really good idea. Support me. Why, when I buy 50, is it like a better deal or what? No, I'll give you a deal. 50 ultimate packs and 50 cookbooks. That'd be a nice little gift for them all. I'll sign all the cookbooks, personalize them to every man. Nice little message in there about thanks for letting Barkley hunt your land. More honkers coming in right there. That's that rock pile right there. Yeah. Well, they all just got up. They're all past it now, right? Let's, let's just go this way and see where this road goes. So, yeah, quick, quick load's doing good. You're kicking butt. You're growing it. You're loving life. Well, we Your son's a, working with you. You know, it's, it's unbelievable having Logan work with me. Played a lot of hockey and never got to hunt. Yeah. And now he's just passionate about it. Was he a stud hockey player? Logan played really good hockey. Played in the top league in Canada, junior league in Canada, and then he played four years of... Uh, so if you play junior hockey in Canada, you can you can get a scholarship to a Canadian university. Right. Um, and uh, was fortunate to play four years at the University of Calgary. Got his schooling, got himself a degree, got a master's degree actually, smart kid. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, he's got lots of flexibility with his work. He can- They're getting out of there, you see? He can, um, I think we're fine because that next gate's supposed to be dropped. This, this goes across the pasture and then you're right in that barley field. So we're good. So we can find that rock pile easy. And we're, we'll go off that rock pile. Yeah, what are these geese They're doing? They're just landing those things. They just got here. I don't think so. Yep. They're going in. So yeah, I'm real happy Logan gets to come and work alongside us. And he just loves the scouting, finding the birds, putting people on birds. He gets to be addicted. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You want to keep succeeding at it day in and day out. There's no cows in there, so this is a bonus. You can hear them pretty good. Yeah, they're like transitioning, getting up off this end and going in on the other end. There's a little, there's a little patch on the north side of this little field that they like, but that might be what you're seeing is them moving off that little patch coming up here. We still got pairs and singles coming in here. Yeah. Oh, it sounds so awesome. Well, Mallard Drake. All right, so we got our hunt. Yeah, 6.15, sunsets right now, so we'll give it, I like the Or is it, what does the afternoon look like tomorrow? For weather? Yeah, like is it better to hunt in the afternoon tomorrow than the morning if we got more of a wind tomorrow, if it picks up at all? We could watch it again tomorrow morning. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking, you can see here. 10 degrees Celsius, so it's warm. Uh, same wind, just a little bit stronger. How much stronger? 14K. And what is it in the morning? 7K. So it's better. Yeah, a little bit. Are you wanting to sleep in tomorrow? No, I don't care about sleeping in. I'm talking about just wind and yeah. frost on the decoys when it's that cold and all of that stuff, you know? Yeah. There won't be any frost in the afternoon. You got a better wind. It's the same wind. We got a high humidity in the morning. The sun's going to be at your back, right? Minus four. It's south, oh, it's southeast wind. The wind, the sun will be in the west. Yeah, it'll, you mean you won't? It won't hurt us at all, right? We can watch it again in the morning. We could watch both and just see what 
what develops in the morning because that other feeds right there. You're going to deal with frost in the morning with that yeah. temperature. Yeah, you are. And then you're going to have to wait for the sun to get up to get it off. Yeah, and you don't have much wind. And you don't have any wind to help you keep it off. No. Look at all these ducks. This is that pond they're coming off of. I'm good with that. I just, I just like wind, man. And if it's going to get up to six or seven miles, well, let me see. 14 kilometers is what? 10 miles an hour? Roughly, yeah. Eight, eight to ten? Yeah. That's better than freaking two miles an hour. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, when I give my speech tonight, I'm going to just throw that out there, see what the team thinks. You know what I mean? So, oh, well, the team will be fine with, uh, I mean, they'll be fine with watching their birds again tomorrow morning. Um, and then we can, when everybody gets back at 10 in the morning, we can have another meeting and, and look, you know, see what really looks good. And we can get out here early and really get dialed in on our hide. And... You know, if we kill 20 honkers and 25, 30, 40 ducks, I mean, it's be an awesome little hunt. Yeah. There's enough birds over here with both of those feeds. I think we're looking at blue skies again tomorrow, so you'll always like that for your duck hunting. I do like blue skies for ducks. Those ducks that we hunted today just didn't act right. You know, like, I don't know if it was the, where, the positioning of the blind with the crosswind, the field we were hunting, I don't, I don't know. But they definitely weren't acting like mallards on a sunny day. Might have worked on a cloudy day. Yeah, there's nothing worse than trying to hunt mallards on a cloudy day. You need to come up here in September. <laughs> Just did it in Alberta the other day. Afternoon shoot, dark clouds, couldn't de couldn't wouldn't even look at us. Yeah, but you had a sunny day and they wouldn't look at you. Oh, well, well they looked at you today. They the day before was good. sunny and we waxed them. Last night, yeah. No, the day before in Alberta too. Could just be different groups, different groups of ducks. Sunny days. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I don't know. That's just that's what I've been taught. I know all my duck hunters that come up love the clear blue skies for duck hunting. Yeah. yeah I, I overall, we like cloudy days for waterfowl hunting. Just there's less less shine, overcast. The birds tend to work better overall. Ducks and geese. Yeah, I don't what know. What do you want I, for a duck hunt or a goose hunt when you're down in the States? You want clear skies or clouds? Man, I like the day before it snows, like when the barometric pressure is dropping. I really like that day. Sunny. I like a snow day, you know, low. So you'll kill them on a snow day with clouds, but you'll kill them a day after a snowstorm with fresh snow on the ground with sunshine. Yeah. And that snow blinding them, you know, that shine. I, li I just like sunshine. I like the shadows. I like the high. It's easier to hide. They can't pick you apart as much. Your decoys look more realistic with the color on them because there's no UV glare, nothing with the paint. I mean, I think color adds everything to waterfowl hunting. Snow geese on sunny days on the reverse migration are, are awesome days. They're not, you know, you can kill them on cloudy days. Don't get me wrong. But I've had a lot of good days on sunny days. We just up here are type of waterfowlers we do is um, we love the cloudy days and, and you know it could be that typically on a cloudy day there's no frost either right yeah I guess temperature and the all that the warmth of it as soon as you get frost and sunshine you're one and done you find your way home yeah okay. I think I'm gonna see okay nice little setup for a farm there 
Yep. Uh, the farmer that we're going to hunt just lives in this next house up here. Do most of your um, hunters travel with their guns when they come up? Yeah, they have been. It's become a bit of a problem. Uh, we had a few guns that didn't make the plane uh, during a connection. There's no issues bringing your guns up here, but it's just one more thing you got to worry about. And then, so they landed in Edmonton, and their guns were still in Chicago. Oh, what'd and they do? They waited. Um, the airlines got things figured out. They overnighted, and they were going to overnight in Edmonton anyway. And their 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 guns arrived the next morning at 6 a.m. So they just went to the airport. They got their guns. They declared them, and then they came to camp. They just went and got a hotel. Yeah, but well, they, their plan was to stay in Edmonton that night because they were coming into camp on Sunday uh, to start hunting Sunday afternoon, and uh, they were just just one more issue. So I mean, we're we're looking at doing, you know, just, we'll, we'll probably offer a package where you can you can get your get your license, you can get your ammo, you can get your gun, all inclusive with everything else that we already offer. Right. And. You don't have to worry about bringing ammo. You don't have to worry about buying ammo when you're here. You don't, you know, your license is included. Everything's, they show up in camp and you hand them a, you hand them a shotgun and bag of ammo every day and away they go. It's a great way to do it. I mean, <clears throat> traveling worry-free. You know, you, some, some guys though are pretty particular in their gun. If, let's say they're used to shooting a Benelli, you know, you'd probably want to have Benelli's to Probably you have have a, a, we'd probably have a mixture of Benelli's and other brands just because yeah you're right some guys like to shoot shoot other brands of guns you know and you know you give them a couple options but um, you know you, you got to run good guns too you know you don't want guns that are hanging up or jamming and causing problems so tonight we're going to eat mallard duck ravioli that we killed the mallards this morning grinded them with some pork loin added some provider rubs the drop tine and the fowl with some mozzarella cheese some mozzarella some parmesan and kind of made a binder you know to get that meat kind of sticky like a paste you know and then we marion made homemade pasta rolled it out yeah. and then we cut our own raviolis after we filled them with that duck and now we're going to go put them on the fire can you imagine how good this is going to be and before that i'm going to put on some uh mallard some with skin on and some with skin off for a little appetizer with a reverse sear oh, mallard. Good call. Good we'll have call. a little appetizer. What time do you think we'll eat supper? 7.30? Yeah. Yeah, we're, all, we're almost 6.30 now, so we're 10 minutes back to the lodge, so that'll so, work fine. So I'm going to get back and, and get that all going. The crew's all kind of rolling in. we got to pick up the, the group that's hunting this afternoon, so there'll be, be a little bit. This is the busy road we crossed. Yeah. That goes right up to Wahlberg? That's right. Well, it dead ends. You gotta go right to Wahlberg or left to Paradise Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that moose. Moose crossing, next, next 10 kilometers. Maybe you'll see a moose. I'd like to see a moose. I saw some on the Paradise Hill, up on the hill last week. Beautiful country up here, Barkley, you're lucky. Are you retired 100% from your other job that you did full time when you were guiding for Grant? Yeah, I left, I left Red Deer in 2020, right? eight months into COVID. My job there just slowed right down. COVID hurt the business and stuff. So I had a lot of reasons to move back. Um, my daughter 
Uh, and I got two granddaughters in Lloydminster and son-in-law to be. They're getting married in March in Mexico. Um, they're in Lloydminster. And then my girlfriend, Angela, she's from this area. She's living in St. Wahlberg. So I, I really had no reason to stay in Red Deer. And uh, work had slowed down. I was, my job was commission-based, so wasn't making, really making much money. So I just decided to move back. And I went to work in the oil field in the winter. Lots of jobs in the oil field around here. Did that for a couple winters, and now the waterfowl has come back where we can, the guiding has come back. You know, people are able to travel. There's no, no more restrictions, it's wide open again. And we've just seen this year, you know, we went from, I think last year we did about, you know, 50 hunters, and this year we're up to 100. You know, and then if we can grow it into, you know, a few more sessions next year, add it, fill in some of our spots, we'll be at capacity. You love it as much now as you ever did? Oh yeah, I, I, I still get excited and I do. I, do. I still love it as much as I ever did. It's a fun gig, that's what I say. It's a fun gig. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's the coolest lifestyle. Yeah. It's so fun and you get giddy when the birds do it, when your dog does something. I mean, you just, the food, the camaraderie, everything about the lifestyle of duck and goose hunting is, it gets me going. I freaking love it. Yeah, just being out in the field every day. You know, you're not sitting behind a desk. You're not looking at a computer. And up here, you have a good chance every day. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, you talked earlier. You, we, even tonight, we ran between fields. We're watching. We're checking. You're working at it. You're not just sitting on one field waiting for, you know, it's not easy. Right. But very seldom do I have a headache nowadays, you know. Because you're just stress-free? Uh, it's, it's still work. There's still some stress, but you don't have a headache from sitting at your desk looking at your computer all day and talking to people on the phone. So this life is affording you a full-time... You're, you're doing this full-time. Obviously, you, there is a lot of season in the off-work, but the bookings that you're doing is providing for your family now that you don't have to do anything else. Yeah, this is a solid business. When you do... If you can do 100 hunters... We're going to kind of see at the end of this season, expenses are really high when you start looking at fuel, you start looking at groceries, and I'm sure it's the same in the States. Oh, yeah. Those things, the prices have gone way up on them, right? You know, so expenses eat into profits, obviously. You know, so we, we, we adjusted our prices a little bit. I'll know at the end of this season if we did it enough. You know, you sort of got to, there's only so much you can push on to the customer. But, uh, you know, every outfitter's in the same boat. We, oh, we all got to pay fuel. We all got to buy groceries. We got wages. And uh, What is a, can a guy book a hunt for at Quick Load Waterfowl? What is a, a package 20, 20, session cost? 2023 prices were 3000 U.S. for a three-day and 3500 U.S. for a four-day. That's how we run it typically is a three-day hunt. And then we follow with a four-day hunt to fill up the seven-day week. And then we never have a day off. Never have a day off. You don't want a day off. You're making your money in eight weeks, and the birds are here, so people get, staff get tired. Everybody has a day in there somewhere where they're down and tired, and maybe you just say, hey, take the morning off, sleep in, take an afternoon, make sure. I typically like my staff to take a break in the afternoon, at least for an hour, get away from everything, and recharge for the afternoon. Yeah, I think your crew, your staff, it's, we were talking on our way 
back today about how family-like it is and how you guys are all like really tight, good friends. Everybody takes ownership in the business and really looks out for one another and they want to exceed and excel in everything they do. So I think that's a big sign of your management and your ownership and leadership of, you know, you've got good tutelage, I think, in the industry and, and being part of a successful place like Buck Paradise. And now you and Grant's friendship is stronger and he supports you and you guys are, you're doing it, right? Oh, definitely. I, you know, I learned a lot the years I was up working with Grant. You, you just learn how to manage people, how to get along with customers, you know, happy customers customers that aren't happy because there's always you know, there's always some tough days some tough mornings where the shoot didn't go the way you wanted and you just have to be resilient and say no we're going to get them next time and then you work harder to get them the next time right you know, and i try to spend as much time with the staff like if they're cleaning birds i go out i try to do my part but you know there might be something that i gotta go make a phone call or um marion needs something dealt with in the kitchen or we need something else done so you know i'm not just rolling into my into those into the locker room there sitting at my desk because i you, you gotta if you if you want people to work hard you gotta breed hard work right yep 100 percent. tractors slow down life up here you just don't see a lot of people up here it's so we're blessed it's so awesome you know i know all my neighbors and yeah they're two miles away or they're a mile away but you just have nobody next door Nobody. I mean, it's just, I don't know if I could do it because I do have to have, I, I do have to be busy, but I could definitely do it during waterfowl season just because the opportunity in September and October is, I mean, you're not really missing a ton in the States. You might miss blue wing seal season, some early season honkers, you know, and then in October, some of your states start to open up. But man, you just, uh, hunting up here in October is, it's the Mecca, man. This is world class, right? Yeah, we're, we're so fortunate with our flyway. It's beautiful country through this valley that we have in front of the lodge and stuff. It's just scenic. It's gorgeous. wonder how our hunters did tonight. wonder if they got a few. Logan and Mark are going to go pick them up there. I mean, yeah. your fuel bill just in scouting's rocket high because, I mean, fuel here is six bucks a gallon right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at 40,000 in fuel for this eight weeks. That's a lot. 20,000 in groceries. It's a lot. Probably 70,000 in wages. So you gotta, you gotta, you know, our, our, our um, hunter fee has to be enough so that you gotta cover all that. Like really, like any business you work, you work so many months of the year to break even. Yeah. And then you start making money. Yeah. You're a business owner, you understand the whole thing, right? For sure. Then you got, all your liability insurance you got maintenance on all of your gear you got to buy product you got to reinvest in decoys yeah, we, and we bought new trailers this year luckily our decoys and stuff are have held up we got to buy all new blinds for next season stuff's getting wore out a few other little things that we need to buy i own the lodge personally so that's a big bonus to the company and you know i i don't draw much money out of the company for the lodge but if you had to if you had to get accommodations for your hunters oh yeah that's another expense right yeah you got to be keen and for you know in the paying attention every single day the waterfowl hunting up here though is next level it's the best there is 
you can't well, you've, do that. you've seen more of it than I have. You, you're fortunate. You get to travel all over the U.S. You know, you get to go to Alberta, and you go to a couple different places in Saskatchewan. So you see more variety than I do. This is all I see. We don't go hunt the timber in Arkansas. I'd love to. You know, I don't. Right. I don't hunt Kansas. You know, I'd love to go to Northern California and hunt. Well, come down there with me. You know. Yeah, I mean, it would, it would be awesome. It's the Foul Life Podcast. We appreciate all your support, the downloads, the listens, recommendations, referrals to your friends and family. Go leave us a uh, comment, a critique. Let us know how we're doing. Check out brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life right now, airing exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We're up here filming for season 16 that you'll see on the Outdoor Channel in 2024. We're fired up. It's The Foul Life. I love it. I do not take it for granted. I hope you all are enjoying it. Stay safe out there this season. It's 2023-24. It's time to get ready for the best part, best time of the year. Thank you, Barkley. Thank you, Chad. You the man, buddy. Let's go eat some uh, mallard duck ravioli. See y'all later. and memories are racking up. Baby, you a song. You make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. The Foul Life with Chad Belding and special guest Barkley Fisher from Quick Load Waterfowl has been made possible by Greenhead Gear Decoys, Jargon Game Calls, and Benelli. We're fired up. It's the Foul Life. I love it. Hang tight, because Chad and Barkley will wrap this scouting trip after the break. Stay seated. Cuts like a knife. I think that was Brian Adams. Stay sharp. Sharp dressed man, that was Billy Gibbons and ZZ Top. Kershaw, knives. They are all about staying sharp, staying safe. Getting that meat off the bone, getting those breasts off that breastplate of those Canada geese. Those specks with skin on, pluck a few feathers off, and then cut it out. Let the knife guide you. A little bit of pressure with your offhand, just slicing through it. A sharp knife is everything. There's so much more danger that comes with using a dull knife and not staying sharp. Kershaw supports the American hunter, the American fisher, the conservationist, the gatherer, the provider. Our recipes, every single one of our kitchen knives, hunting knives, fishing fillet knives are all Kershaw. We truly believe in the culture of Kershaw Knives and their messaging and they support brands like the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. See them in action right now on brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life airing right now exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We try to show the knives in action every week on different episodes when we're taking that meat, that bounty of those ducks and geese from the field to the processing, to the Traeger, to the table eating that bounty, high-fiving maybe a little bit of Jack Daniels or red wine or a Bushlight beer. It doesn't matter. Stay safe out there and Enjoyed in moderation, but don't be afraid to celebrate the hunt. And also, always having a Kershaw knife in your blind bag and being ready for anything that might come, whether you got to cut some grass or cut some parachute cord or cut some salami in the blind. They make saws, they make fillets, they make folding knives, straight blade knives, pocket knives. Every single blade that comes out of the Kershaw factory is guaranteed to be the sharpest. It's an unbelievable experience. Thank you, Kershaw. Thank you, Dominic. They're our family of knives right at Kershaw, the official knife and blade of the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life TV. Thank you all for supporting Kershaw Knives.
When it comes to setting up the perfect spread, there's one crucial element, motion. Ducks have sharp eyes, and static decoys won't fool them for long. That's where motion decoys step in, bringing your spread to life and creating an irresistible scene. So why are motion decoys so important? Ducks are social creatures, and they seek cues that signal safety for landing. By adding motion to your spread, you're telling passing flocks that it's all clear and inviting them to join the party. Mojo's spinning wing decoys emulate the flash of duck wings from afar to draw them in and finish them like magic. Mojo's decoys are specifically designed to catch ducks' attention, and Mojo's motion decoys shine on those calmer low wind days when natural water movement is lacking. So if you're serious about bringing ducks to your blind, embrace the power of motion decoys with Mojo and head for MojoOutdoors.com today. We have some unbelievable dogs. Axel, Slash, Duff, Izzy. Yeah, they're all named after the original lineup of Guns N' Roses. The greatest rock band of all time. And we feed them Yukonuba premium performance. This diet is amazing. You want to talk about a happy dog? You look at a bunch of duck hunters in Arkansas after the morning hunt and they go into Mr. Billy Bogey's breakfast at Prairie Wings. That's what these dogs look like. Their tongues are hanging out. I mean, they're panting. They're like, Mr. Billy Bogey, I got to have some of that fried bologna and those fried eggs. I got to have some of those grits and sausage and bacon. He doesn't cut corners and neither does Yukonuba. Our dogs are so happy. They're so healthy. They're so energetic. They're powerful. They're machine-like. It's amazing to see how these dogs perform when they're being fed right. And the science and dedication behind the Yukonuba diet is second to none. This is not just a passion project. This is something that we needed in this space. Our dogs deserved better and Yukonuba delivered for the duck dog, sporting dog, upland dog, pointer. It doesn't matter what kind of dog you own. Your dog is going to perform better and your dog is going to be happier eating a Yukonuba diet. The official dog food of the Foul Life podcast and the Foul Life TV. It's Yukonuba. Get you some today. Make sure that you train transition it correctly, but I promise you, you're going to see different results, their personality, their performance. It's unbelievable. Thank you all for supporting Yukonuba Premium Performance Dog Food. We've reached the Foul Life with Chad Belding's final destination. Well, that's an episode of the Foul Life podcast. That was different. A little scouting mission with my good buddy, Barkley Fisher. Quickload Waterfowl, Saskatchewan, Canada. What's the website? Quickloadwaterfowl.com. Quickloadwaterfowl.com. Instagram, quickloadwaterfowl. To stream all new and archived shows of the Foul Life, hit up SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, and thefowllife.com. Hunt with purpose and be king of the road.